What's up, everybody? The boys are back, all three of us this week. Welcome to the big show. We are your three hosts, Alex Day, Ethan Davidson, Corey Cercina, bringing you the biggest, the baddest, the best Big Ten content out there. We've got a hype show for you. We've got some big news from the weekend. We're going to look at our picks, how we're doing so far, see who made money, who didn't. And then we're going to pick this week. So it's going to be super bomb. Let's get into it. Yeah, that's nice and all. Um, but I'm going to have to interrupt you right there, Alex. I've, 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 got, I've, I've got a problem, okay? Uh, and welcome back to me, everybody. Yep, that's right. Ethan, back here on the podcast. Everybody else, just shut up and listen for a second. Um, calling all Big Ten schools. Um, do any of you have a pulse? Big Ten West. Are you alive? Is anyone alive in the Big Ten West? I am so – we we have never been closer in our lifetimes since the time I was sucking on my mom's teat to now. <laughs> we, have, we have never been closer to Big Two Little Eight than we are right at this very moment. This is absolutely absurd. We started this podcast, and I, I, I was so excited because I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be such a great year for the Big Ten. I, I honestly thought that there was a scenario where seven teams from the Big Ten could finish ranked at the end of the year and, and be in bowl games and all that kind of stuff. I thought that that was a legitimate possibility. And at worst, I thought it would be we would end the year with four or five ranked teams. That, that's not happening. Throw that out the window. This conference is an absolute joke right now. It's in shambles. The Big Ten West. Hey, Minnesota, how about you show up for a game at home coming off a huge road win against a Big Ten opponent, and you come home and score 10 points. 10 points. I, I, it's like I hop on a bandwagon for a team in the West, and they disappear the next week. They disappear off of planet Earth. Ethan has the kiss of death. Yeah. Have any of you watched Purdue play defense? No. It, newsflash, I haven't. They don't play defense. You scored 10 points. I, I am so sick of having to sit on my couch and watch Big Ten West teams absolutely screw themselves week after week. <laughs> I'm watching Nebraska early in the season thinking, this is the year Scott Frost is going to get it right. This is the year Scott Frost is going to get it turned around. Nope. Wrong again. One score losses. He leaves. They're losing by 50. <laughs> this is Unreal. Corey hops on the Purdue bandwagon. They can't help but crap the bed every single time they take the field. Oh, but when they show up in Minnesota, Minnesota's a ranked team looking like the best team in the West, the creme de la creme, the top of the the top of the tier. Nope. Ten points. <laughs> this conference is an absolute laughing stock right now. I don't care. That you have two teams in the top four. I do not care. Take Michigan and take Ohio State and yeet them off a building. 
I don't want to talk about them right now. Penn State, you're in purgatory. You did this exact same thing last year, and then you fell off a cliff. I don't want to hear from you right now. I need to see you win multiple big games. This is unreal. What is happening? Hold on. Hold on. That sounds like a man who put one too many units on Minnesota this weekend to cover. No, 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 to be very clear, I didn't bet the game. I didn't bet the game. I sat there and I thought, you know what? This is going to be really nice. I'm going to get to watch a team take control of the Big Ten West. Nope, it's a 95-way tie from top to bottom. And oh, by the way, Wisconsin, you're so trash, you had to fire your freaking head coach. It's a joke. You're getting laughed at by every other co- – the Pac-12 is better than you, and you're poaching half their conference. The ACC has more ranked teams than the Big Ten right now. That, the ACC. That is absolutely asinine. You should be ashamed of yourself if you are a Big Ten fan. Absolutely ashamed of yourself. Your conference is horrid. Wake up, people! Your teams aren't playing football. They're playing patty cake on Saturdays. Hey, 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 Northwestern's getting a new football field. (laughs) (laughs) You try and sell me anything about Northwestern right now, and I will cut your lips off. They're getting a shiny new stadium. Come on. You know what, Ethan? I I got something for you. The Boilermaker bandwagon is wide open. Oh my gosh. I can't I can't even I, I mean I have never seen more ineptitude on the offensive side of the foot. Just run the ball. Minnesota. Oh, you have to you have arguably the best running back in the Big Ten. He didn't even How play. Much he, didn't give him play. The ball? he didn't play. He didn't play. He didn't play. Oh, that's right. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. But they have a very Ethan capable back. Everything you know, I'm sick and tired of people coming on this podcast and not knowing what they're talking about. No, 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 no. You I'm, don't I'm... get to you don't get to play at home against a team that doesn't play defense and score ten points. That's that. I don't care if you're playing uh, the 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 Catholic Central High School quarterback. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great team the Soviets have. Screw them. Ethan just walked off. He's done. He's done. He's done. He, he, Ethan will miss the second podcast in a row because his blood pressure is skyrocketing. He's, he's a little hot right now. Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. Hey, fight, fighting fighting Illini, top of the Big Ten oh, West Standings, baby. Oh. Oh. Brett, Brett Bielema's carrying the West on his big, broad oh, shoulder. I, I'm not. I'm not going to do Illinois fans the disservice of hopping on their bandwagon right now because they will immediately kick me off, rightfully so. <laughs> because if I if I say you're going to start you're going to start winning games and you could contend for the West, you will lose multiple games in a row. It will Mate, happen. Is this all Ethan's fault? This is this is why you need to hop on Purdue's bandwagon, dude. No, 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 no. Hop on, hop on Michigan State's bandwagon or something. Oh my! No, gosh. that no, no. Then that would reverse everything because Michigan State's playing really bad. If Ethan hopped on the bandwagon, they'd play good. We don't need that right now. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, 
I'm glad that after a week off from the podcast, Ethan, that you were able to get all of that off your chest. I can't imagine the weight that you've been carrying for the past four days-ish. So I'm glad you're able to do that. And if there are any Big Ten West fans out there, which there may not be anymore, <laughs> either they're gone or they're resurrected if you're an Illini fan. <laughs> but if they're out there, they identify. You know what the crazy that. thing is? The crazy thing is, is Nebraska has a game against Indiana in which they're favored. And that team is going through some of the absolute worst coaching mishaps and just organization not knowing what direction they're going in and their fans absolutely pack out a stadium and just go absolutely crazy for the entire game. Those poor fans, those poor, poor Nebraska fans. Hey, they got got to watch a big night game win this weekend. Cool. Oh boy. What a hot start. What a hot start. Let's, Let's bring it down for just a tiny, eensy teensy second, uh, because I wasn't lying when I said Northwestern was getting a new stadium. That's our that's our brightest piece of news that we have to give you all this From week. The uh, but the funny thing is about their new stadium is they're like lowering the capacity by like twelve thousand people or something. <laughs> like they watched the team play this year and they were like, "Oh yeah, this this ain't good." This ain't good for the the media crew. This ain't good for the fans. No. How many how many people? Uh, how how big is the stadium already? The one right now, it's in the thirties. Really? Right now? What? Yeah. Well, I know they probably said the same thing, and that's why they're they're lowering the uh, they're lowering the bar. But nonetheless, that was a very small piece of news compared to the shrapnel that was that was being spread in uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. And Paul Christ got caught in the middle of it. Paul Christ is fired from Wisconsin. Defensive coordinator Jim Leonard is going to be the interim head coach. Uh, Christ, 67 and 26 in his time at Wisconsin. This feels like a decision from Wisconsin that, honestly, I respect because it feels like a decision saying, hey, you've been close, but you haven't gotten us over the hump, so we're going to go and try to find a guy who can take us to the next level. And I want to pull up Chris's records by season at Wisconsin really quick. First three seasons, 10 wins, 11 wins, 13 wins. Post those first three years, which are obviously, those those are still not your guys. Like your freshman class is just turning into juniors at that point. So post those three seasons, his win totals are 8, 10, 4 in a COVID year, 9 last year, and if you look at the schedule, I don't think he's getting any more than – I don't think he would have gotten any more than eight wins this year. So after those first three years and his guys came in, Wisconsin has consistently underperformed. I respect the decision by the school to do this and say, listen, we're, we're raising the bar and we got to find someone who's, who's going to do it. Honestly, it seemed like a little bit – very mixed bag. So you're on the side of you respect the move uh, – I think a lot of people are looking at like at the job in Wisconsin. It's not a Oklahoma. It's not a USC. It's not a Michigan. It's not an Ohio state. There is not going to be an influx of coaches who are going to stop what they're doing in their tracks and be like, Oh, I want to go and take that job. And like, I don't want to always bring things back to Michigan 
it, it seemed like it was a question of like, oh, can we really get anybody better than Harbaugh? Well, for Wisconsin, they're kind of in the same boat, but they don't have the brand that Michigan does. It, it's, it's still a big brand, but it's definitely not at that same level as some of these other bigger schools. So to see the success that he did have, albeit with players that weren't his own, but was able to still win the West just about every year. Are you really going to get better than that if you're Wisconsin? I don't really know. I've got no clue. So for me, this is this is just I, – I, I feel like this is Wisconsin showing that mediocrity is not going to stand. And this is what needed to happen for – I and you brought it back to Michigan. I'll bring it back to Michigan in this way. This is what needed to happen when transitioning from Rich Rodriguez into Brady Hoke, and it was just mediocrity to worse mediocrity or whatever you want to say. But I, I think this is just Wisconsin saying that we're not going to stand for this. And if a team like Minnesota can go out and get a, a coach like P, uh, PJ Fleck, I I think if you're Wisconsin, you do a nationwide search, you find the next up and coming guy. Wisconsin can get recruits. I mean, you see Wisconsin with top 25 recruiting classes like that. That's not crazy to think that that's an achievable goal. So you got to go out there and get a guy. I'd love to see Wisconsin go out there and get a guy who's in his early to like late 40s. And just a new up and coming, you know, younger minded head coach, somebody who can be there for a long time. I'd love to see Wisconsin go out and find, I don't know who that person is, but I feel like that is who Wisconsin needs. They need an an infusion of youth in that program. I feel like it's kind of been an old man kind of, you know, place for a long time. I would not mind seeing them go out and get an offensive minded guy as their head coach he hires a really good D coordinator and they move forward from there. Cause I, I think that is honestly what they needed. And I agree with you, Alex, I think it was the right move. And I feel like they might think they have the guy in Jim letter. Now he's a defensive guy, but he's an absolutely elite defensive mind. He has brought that Wisconsin defense to a level that's, and they've been consistent too. over the last couple of years, they've been at the top of every single statistical category defensively. And he's, and he's a Wisconsin guy like through and through he, he played there. That was his first big time coaching gig as an assistant and then promoted to DC. So he loves that program. So I think he's going to be a fan favorite probably and a player favorite just because he loves the school so much, but they will do a big search and they'll see if they can get someone, you know, who they think is a better fit, but Jim Leonard might be the guy, but that's a good transition to get into the, into the week. So Illinois, like you said, Illinois absolutely crushes Wisconsin. I mean, 34 to 10. And the thing is they did to Wisconsin, what Wisconsin normally does to every other team. They forced Illinois forced three Wisconsin turnovers two Graham Mertz interceptions that were deep in Wisconsin territory. Just not good. Set Illinois up for easy scores. And then one team could run the ball and one team could not. Illinois, Chase Brown went for 129 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Wisconsin, as a team, 
As a team, Wisconsin ran for two yards. Two rushing yards for the Wisconsin Badgers. When was the last time that number was that low for them? This was an absolute, like you turn it on your head kind of game for Wisconsin because they went in there, or Illinois went in there, played Wisconsin football at Wisconsin and ran it down their throats. I guess they needed a uh, Wisconsin, former Wisconsin coach to come in to Wisconsin and play Wisconsin football against them. I mean, Brett Bielema revenge game. I think some people were touting it as that. Um, And I was shocked at this result. This is not, and this is probably what prompted the firing. This is not what Wisconsin uh, is known for. This is not the style of play that we see. And even the two yards rushing, Wisconsin still had like what, 150 yards on the ground against Ohio State in a road game in a blowout. And now you go at home thinking you're going to, you know, right the ship a little bit more and you just absolutely crafted that. They were making mistakes throughout this whole game that you wouldn't expect. And I think even Scott Van Pelt was saying like, like the brakes, like brakes fell off, wheels fell off. And this team was reeling in this game. And Credit to Illinois. They smelled blood in the water, and they capitalized on it. And we've been talking about it all year. Illinois is the type of team that could and will and would make a big splash if a team wasn't prepared to play them. And they went into Wisconsin, which is still a tough place to play, and they dominated this football game. They absolutely did. Next one on the list, the the spoiler makers, the the game that Ethan just went on a rant on for most of his five minutes. The spoiler makers return. I guess they back on, they forgot who back they were. on the menu, boys. The road. They're, I think second. I think they're second in the Big Ten West standings. Technically, like tied for the first. Road. They go into Minnesota, beat Minnesota twenty to ten. Now, Minnesota was without Mo Ibrahim, who is one of the best backs in the country. So. I think that weighs a lot into this because if you watched Minnesota, lots of third and shorts that they didn't get, lots of negative to zero yardage first down plays that normally you just hand it off to Mo and he gets you five, right? Um, but he wasn't there, wasn't there to do that. He was dressed though. He had his helmet on and everything and never got into the game. It was very strange. Aiden O'Connell had a very average game. Honestly, I thought he played bad. He was horrible. He had 199 yards passing. Uh, yeah, okay, thank you. I'm glad someone else – agrees because he's widely considered as one of the best in the conference, but 199 through the air and two interceptions. The biggest story for Purdue is they finally figured out how to run the ball 112 for Maccabi. So, I mean, Purdue gets in and, and gets a win. Yeah. 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 That's great. Alex. Um, Awesome. Awesome. uh, Stats there and everything. Listen, this is what Purdue does. And, And I said this early in the season that this cannot be what this Purdue team is. I said that this is the year they have to not be the spoiler makers. They need to just be a team that consistently wins games. Not, oh my gosh, you were a multiple score underdog and you ended up winning this game, which they do one time every year. That is not what I need you to be. I need you to be a team that consistently wins games. And you have already proven early in this season that that is not who you are. I'm not going to discount you going in there and winning this game. Huge win for Purdue. Great. Win win the rest of your games. 
or win all of your games except for I'd have to look at their schedule two, maybe. But I, I, I just, I'm done. I'm done. One, one thing. Look what happens when you figure out how to rush the ball. Purdue, you were able to go on the road and beat a ranked opponent in a game that you weren't supposed to win. Maybe if you figure out how to run the ball every so often, you can turn from being the spoiler makers into that Big Ten West threat. So maybe let's build off of this. You have you have my attention again, spoiler makers. I'm on back on the bandwagon because simply put, the Big Ten West is going to have five losses coming into the Big Ten Championship game. <laughs> it, it, either four or five, and it's pretty safe to say. So hey, you know what? You could still hold on to Northwestern. Why not? Hey, go Wildcats! Why? Why not? They're only one game back. Oh gosh, am I am am I the only one who watch like watches that game? And I'm not worried about Minnesota in the slightest. They still, to me, look like the far superior team in the Big Ten West. They were without their most elite playmaker, their only playmaker on offense. They held a Purdue offense that slings the ball all over the place to 20 points. Minnesota had a missed field goal. Uh, uh, QB threw three interceptions, two of which were tips, and one was in, like, garbage time. I'm I'm not worried about Minnesota at all after watching that but, game. But you had Purdue, which is arguably the worst defense in the Big Ten, and you could only score 10 points. Yeah, they're, they're in, in, in my opinion, there is zero excuse – to only scoring 10 points on that defense at home. No, but Tanner Morgan, Tan, Tanner Morgan has never been that guy though. Who's going to like lead and off, especially they're missing their. What did he do last week against receiver. Michigan state on the road? He became, he had that, Mo. He was they, that guy. They, he was that guy. They had, no, they had the RPO going with Mo. It's just not as big of a threat with pots in the backfield. I still think Minnesota is probably going to win the West. I, I I mean, I agree just because the West sucks so bad, but I, 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 I can't even go there right now. I can't, I Minnesota, you are suspended from my life for at minimum one week. You're suspended from me talking positively about you at all. You can't, you can't have that big of a road win and then come back and having a Purdue team that is reeling and lose that game in the way that you did. I know there was a couple of tipped passes for interceptions, but a zero touchdown to three interception game for your starting quarterback, your fifth to sixth year starting quarterback is not great. And to lose to the other sixth year quarterback who had two turnovers as well is even worse. Look, it was just a bad, 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 very not good game for Minnesota. Northwestern goes to Penn state. And this was a close game, but a lot of it was probably due to the weather. This one was pouring uh, before the game, and I think at least at least part of the game it was raining as well. Seventeen for Penn State beats Northwestern seventeen to seven. Five turnovers for Penn State kept this one extremely close. One interception from Clifford, four fumbles by the rest of the team. Uh, Northwestern though only had thirty-one yards rushing, and they still kept it close. They were within ten. This was just such a sloppy. 
ugly game. When you and Penn have, State really hasn't looked as good as they since since they're winning against Auburn, they haven't looked great. When when you have a weather day like they had to play in, I, I, I'm I'm going to give Penn State a pass on this game. The weather was absolutely horrendous. You turn the ball over five times. You still find a way to win the game. Yes, Northwestern is absolute dog water, but I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give them a pass on this game. You 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 wash it away. You won. Congratulations. But you better clean it up going forward because that is not gonna fly. I, I mean, you have to go into Michigan in a couple of weeks, so clean it up. I was watching the updates and and some of the highlights of this game. I think. I think I saw it right. Off of the five Penn State turnovers, Northwestern had zero first downs. Yeah, not just zero points, zero first downs. You are correct. Zero first downs. They went three and out on all five turnovers. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I think it showed that on those possessions, the five possessions off of turnovers – they gained something like 13 total yards. The Northwestern bad. I want to throw up in my Northwestern mouth. bad. And, and Northwestern's looking at what Wisconsin just did to Paul Christ, and maybe they're even thinking about good old Patty. Patty F. It's like, are they going to have to? They got a shiny new stadium with 12,000 less seats in it. They got to fill them. <laughs> they may go get themselves a shiny new coach, oh, too. Oh, gosh. A game that was slightly less ugly, but still ugly. Indiana goes into Nebraska. Nebraska takes care of business at home. 35-21, to 21, they beat Indiana. It was an ugly game, though. Between these two teams, 23 penalties, three turnovers. The game really broke open. Casey Thompson hit uh, Trey uh, – oh, what's his name? Trey Palmer. That's who it is. For the uh, for the big uh, big gain, big touchdown, long touchdown pass, uh, Grant had 136 yards rushing for Nebraska and Indiana as a team. They only had 67 rushing yards as a team, so a pretty common theme. The team that's able to run the ball are the teams who are winning these games, and if you're able to stop the run, you're probably going to get out unscathed. But still, an ugly game from two teams that don't have a lot to play for. Uh, good, good job, Nebraska fans way to show up. You're like lions fans uh, and I love you for it, but that's all I have to say about this game because both of these teams suck in my opinion. They're so bad, but I looking at this, I just want us to look at this one piece right here. The penalties in this game, 11 penalties for IU. 11 for 92 yards, and Nebraska had 12 for 111. Not only did you give Indiana 111 free yards, I, <laughs> I mean, and they didn't do anything with it. No. Nope. And you got under, you were given more yards and penalties than you rushed for in this game. That's pretty bad. That's pretty embarrassing, but good for Nebraska. I think it's a feel-good win for these these guys who haven't really had a lot to cheer for over the past few seasons. Also, uh, 10 yards per completion for Nebraska in this game, averaging a first down per pass. Pretty good. Pretty good. 
Might be the highlight of their year. We'll see. Michigan State goes to Maryland, and, well, Maryland did to them what we thought they would do to them. Maryland 27, MSU 13. Talia Tagavailoa looked amazing. He was awesome. 314 yards, only one touchdown, but he moved the ball against Michigan State secondary like a hot knife through butter. And then Littleton, too. They're big, beefy running back. 19 carries, 120 yards, and one touchdown. 489 total yards of offense for Maryland. And Michigan State's quarterback situation is the exact opposite. Peyton Thorne looked bad. He, If you just looked at his stat line, he threw for 221 and a touchdown, no picks, which you think, okay, average. It could have been a four-interception game for him. He was inaccurate. He was off. He was taking risks and throwing stuff into windows that he either can't throw into or just wasn't able to do it on Saturday. Uh, Thorne's not the guy. You said earlier in the year, Ethan, you thought he might be a top three quarterback in the conference. That's what happens when I hop on Big Ten bandwagons. That's what happens right there. The Peyton Thorne story, ladies and gentlemen. Um, What? What a horrendous game by MSU. I, I mean, you have, they have no rhythm offensively, zero rhythm offensively. Their defense is horrendous. And uh, Tonga Vailoa, I, I mean, he did. He looked really good in this game. He looked really good against Michigan uh, a couple weeks ago. So we know he can play well. Kudos to him. I still think Maryland will upset a good team at some point this year. It will happen. Um, and that'll be in the Big Ten. So their their opportunities are Penn State and Ohio State left. So I, I, I think they upset one of those teams. Their offense is just too good. Do you guys remember? I don't really know who. I can't remember. It's it's just kind of it's 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 escaping me right now. But at the beginning of the year, when somebody on this podcast said that Peyton Thorne wasn't very good, you guys remember that? It it wasn't Ethan. It, it, it wasn't it. It wasn't Ethan. Alex, was it you? I think it was you, Corey. Oh, oh it was me. You went on a whole rant about it, like it was. It was Ethan-esque. There was, there was a big Twitter beef this this weekend of like, ah, uh, Connor Cook versus Denard Robinson. And Congratulations, you were right. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Ethan. I really appreciate that. There's this big Twitter beef of like, Connor Cook versus Denard Robinson. It's like, oh, Connor Cook would have been blah, 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 blah. Oh, just all this dumb back and forth stuff that I usually hate. But this is what Michigan State has done since Kirk Cousins left. And I was always a big component that if Kirk Cousins were on the Connor Cook era Michigan State Spartans, I think they could have won a national championship. That's how highly I thought of Kirk Cousins in college. Michigan State has been getting away with subpar quarterback play for far too long. And I guess there's a little piece of me that is happy to see that they can't get away with that right now, um, given that the rest of their team is is dog water currently. Um, but uh, just this is a story of a, te- of a program on the rise right now and one that is hitting – a pretty big skid at the moment. Um, Tagovailoa looks great. We've all been in agreement of that. Um, but this Michigan State team that had a strong identity of being that underdog, attacking with that chip on their shoulder, 
um, looks a little lost right now. Uh, and I don't know how you get back from that. I'm not saying like, I'm not in the camp of you got to fire tuck. Um, that's I think a little bit too premature. Um, but like something's got to happen to light a fire under these guys because they do not look like the Michigan state teams that like struck fear into Michigan fans, Ohio state fans, kind of, um, or anybody else that they would play in the big 10 East uh, when they are on the schedule. Cause right now teams are looking forward to playing that Michigan state secondary. And they're not worried about what the offensive side of the ball is going to do against them. No, you're exactly right. Nobody is worried about this Michigan state team. I'm definitely not as a Michigan fan. And their secondary is putrid. Their special teams was really bad in this game, too. They had a missed field goal, a blocked field goal, and then a botched extra point snap that he basically snapped it at the kicker. Like, it looked like it was supposed to be a two, like a trick two-point conversion play from them. It was really horrible. So they just look, like, unprepared. They look unprepared. They only had 100 yards rushing as a team. They were trying to do a lot of like lateral, like quick passing game to try to make up for their lack of a run game. Which maybe you have to but do man. because if something isn't working, you have to make some changes. So that's good to see that Michigan State is like kind of realizing, okay, we have to change something. And that was different from their playbook into a game this week. So maybe you see more of something completely different from this Michigan State team. It is good to see you. Unfortunately for them, the t- the competition only gets tougher from here on out in the season. And just last thing on Maryland, I think Loxley, their head coach, I think he's legit. I think Maryland might be a team to watch over the next three, four years, even after Talia is gone. Next game, Ohio State. He uh, has to recruit defense. Sorry. I just needed to add that into no, the right. last point. Got to get the defensive side of the ball uh, addressed. But yes, that Maryland offense is legit. 100%. Ohio State crushes Rutgers 49 to 10. I mean, but I did don't they know. cover? But did they cover? They though? did not. By one point. One point cover from Rutgers keeps me from having back-to-back above 500 weeks and beating you guys again for a second week in a row. I was so mad. I was so mad. I think I've heard a saying before. It goes like this. A win is a win is a win. Hey, uh, Alex, Yeah. why it, don't you cry about it? I hate both of you. I'm coming back. I'm playing the long game too, Corey. And, and last I checked, Corey's sitting at the bottom of the standings here. Hey, but you here. know what I'm not doing? I'm not crying about it. I'm getting stuff done. You're getting nothing done according to the the picks. Your my words boy. can't hurt me. Your words can't hurt me at all. I'm just going to keep going. It's not me who's bad at betting. It's the players who are bad at the sport. So there you go. <laughs> Whatever. Ohio State crushed them as we expected. Stroud. It wasn't Stroud, though, who was doing damage. It was Mayan Williams. And Trayvon Henderson was out with injury. You'd think Ohio State might take a step back. They might want to just and- keep him out. Because honestly, though, Ryan Williams, Williams is the truth. He's legit. 21 carries, 189 yards on the ground, and five touchdowns, which ties a program record for them. 413 total yards of offense for Ohio State. They did basically about 
whatever they wanted to. But Rutgers had a ton of penalties in this game that just kept Ohio State drives alive. Like they would get them to third, fourth, and goal, and then commit a penalty and they get a first down. Uh, only 80 yards through the air for Rutgers. But the real fireworks in this game, outside of Mayan Williams, did you guys see this fake punt that Ohio State ran up 49-10? Ohio State bench cleared. Shiano ran over to talk trash to Ryan Day about it. That, that was the most exciting part of the game, having with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, what is your – Ethan, you go ahead and take it. What's your reaction? Um, you play the game to stop your opponent. I have never been upset um, other than when I was like a kid and say like Ohio State was stomping Michigan and they kept scoring. Like I'd be like, where are they still scoring? But that's exactly what it is. It's childish. Like you, you play the game. It is your job to stop your opponent. It is not your opponent's job to stop themselves. So I have absolutely no issue with it. And get newsflash, they got it. Like – they got the first down. So I have no yeah, issue. But... I have no, 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 no. Let me finish. Because I hate this about sports. Sportsmanship is meant for after the game and, and during the game, not purposely doing things to intentionally hurt your opponent. You can you can cheer, you can trash talk during the game, you can go for it on fourth down when you have the ball. It's allowed. Did they get a penalty flag thrown on them for going for it on fourth down and making it? No, because it's within the confines of the rule. Stop them. And uh, Ryan Day said after the game, he didn't call the play. The punter saw saw the lane and took it. I have no issue with that. Stop them. Like if I was a coach and my punter said, hey, coach, I saw a lane. I took it and I, and I got us a first down. Sweet. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I have zero issue with it, and I, I, I can't stand when people get so soft about this kind of stuff. Stop them. I don't care. I, frankly, I don't, because if you say one thing, like if you're like, okay, well, this is Rutgers, Shiana was on the Ohio State staff, then it's like, okay, so there's an unwritten rule of when that's okay and when it's not. Just, I, just either say it is okay or it's not okay, because I'm sure for a fact, like it was a couple of years ago, that once it was against Michigan and Michigan could not stop Ohio state, they were going to run up the score until it was 120 to 14 or whatever the heck it was. So, I I mean, I'm not going to think too much on it. Do I think it's kind of, but you can think, you know, on the other side, I can think it's Bush league. I can absolutely think it's Bush league, but like, is it like, should you not do it? I mean, I don't know. Probably not. I I get that that day didn't call it that the, Hunter just saw a lane and took it. And yes, you know, you got to stop the other team, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not going to be as hard on Ryan Day because he didn't call it. Don't but be the fact soft. That, Don't be soft. No, Don't no, be soft. Shiano coached with the guy. I mean, it, there's four, not four, sorry. There's like less than 10 minutes left in the game. It's 49-10. The backups are already in the game, the offensive backups for Ohio State. And then you got a fourth and two, and the dude takes it. And, yes, Ryan Day did not call it. But if I'm Greg Schiano not knowing that, I got no problem with Schiano running across the sidelines and screaming at Day. And even Crookshank took the, put the late hit on the punter. I, 
I can't say I would be able to hold up if I was in his shoes, you know, and I'm getting crushed and you pull a fake punt and I'm out here, you know, busting my, you know what, to try to compete in a big 10 football game. I just, it was such a horrible look and I get, he didn't call it, but I don't, I don't necessarily blame Rutgers for having the reaction they did though, either. Cause if it was called, it would absolutely be egregious and uncalled for. I, I I'm, I'm going to step back in here for just a second because I think this is important because the biggest sport where this actually takes place is baseball, which many of you don't know is Corey's favorite sport. And it it's a sport that polices itself. And I'm doing very large air quotes when I say that, because chucking a baseball at somebody at a hundred miles an hour is the stupidest thing I could possibly think of in response to them staring at a home run their their teammate just hit their teammate just stared at a home run that they just hit off of you so you chuck a hard if if you do that i should be able to run out at you with my bat in hand and whack you over the thigh with it i i think it's the stupidest thing in sports when people get upset because you're showing them up no it is your job to stop me as an opponent now i hate i hate the unwritten rules of sports it's so stupid and it needs to go away well now you've brought me into this because you've exposed to the this whole community that base baseball was my first love that got me into this whole madness nonsense of loving sports in the first place um okay well shut up mr i wore a pittsburgh pirates jersey two weeks ago and i didn't even know what player i was wearing so you can shut your mouth over there but ethan i agree with you like the unwritten rules are so stupid, but it's how we respond to those things. So like, yes, your job is to stop me. Okay. I think staring at a home run, doing a bat flip is hilarious. I would do it all the time if I could hit dingers, but I can't. This is why I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you fools. But on the same side of that, I myself can be like, that felt personal. <laughs> sorry. Uh, you said we needed to unhinge this podcast a little bit. So we're doing that, but on the same side, I can sit there and be like, I don't like that this guy just showed me up. I hate that. So I can, I get why Shiano's mad. I get why you want to do something about it, but you can't. Okay. Unwritten rules are stupid. Hey, how about in practice, you teach your team to not be the worst team in the Big Ten every single year? But that's how about you try that? That's what I'm saying. Go and stop them. But people are still going to be mad about those things. You can be mad about those things while it's still okay in the realm of the field of play. You get what I'm saying? The only thing I'm taking away from this conversation is we just spent way too much time talking about baseball. I almost pooped my pants with how disgusting that made me feel. Wait, why would you? Okay, never mind. You know, what? let's move. Give on. me your Pittsburgh Pirates jersey. I want it sent to my house. You don't deserve. Move on. It. Let's go. Next topic. Alex is a little baby. <laughs> little poo poo pee pee. Last. Head. Boom. Roasted. Last game of the week. Michigan goes to Iowa. Beats them 27 to 14. In reality, in my mind, this might be just because I'm a fan. I, I'm I'm taking this as 20, uh, 27 to 7 because the last touchdown was absolute garbage time and prevent defense. But uh, Michigan does exactly what you need to do against this and almost every Iowa team for all of history. You don't turn the ball over, you get out of the game with a win. JJ had 155 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Blake Corum has firmly cemented himself, in my opinion, 
in the Heisman conversation. He finally showed up in the odds I saw this week. Uh, he's one, two, three, four, five, sixth in Heisman odds right now. He had 29 carries, 133 yards, and a touchdown. And his game ceiling touchdown with about maybe a minute and a half, two minutes left in the fourth, absolutely disgusting. Like undressed the Iowa defender he who was trying to tackle him. And that was Iowa's best defender on what some people think is the best defense in the Big Ten. Blake Corum is that dude. When I said when I when I was talking earlier and I was ranting and saying Mo Ibrahim is one of the best Big Ten running backs, sit yourself behind Blake Corum because he is the best running back in the Big Ten. I never thought after the season that him and Hassan Haskins had last year with him being moderately injured in the back half of the season of last year, I never thought that we would see this version of Blake Corum, but my goodness, is he absolutely unreal. He is a human bowling ball with moves that are just, (laughs) I I mean, I I don't know how you stop someone who is, who can run up the gut and is guaranteed to get three or four yards every play, but also can bounce it to the outside and score an 80 yard touchdown. Just outruns you. Yeah. I, I mean, he's unreal. And it's like, we were all so excited about Donovan, Donovan Edwards. I have a Donovan Edwards Jersey, but I, I mean, Blake Corum. And Donovan Edwards is good, oh, he's but he's phenomenal. He ain't Blake Corum. He's no, but Blake Corum is that dude. And I, 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 I really need to see from JJ McCarthy. Um, I, I really needed to see a game like this where he could be the, for lack of a better term, the Cade McNamara mm. when he needs to be. And that's what he was. He the perfect was. compliment. That's what he was in this game. Now, does Cade McNamara throw the touchdown pass that he threw to Donovan Edwards? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Cade McNamara gets sacked on that play. So you got to see flashes. He still overthrew a couple of deep balls. He did connect on one. So I, I need to see a little bit more of that. This is the contender in the Big Ten to Ohio State, in my opinion. This is the only team that has a chance to beat them. We we talked about last week uh, that Blake Corum can't be running the ball 30 times a game. Well, he rushed it for 29, and it didn't even seem like he did uh, in this game against Iowa with Donovan Edwards there. I mean, I don't want to say keep pushing it until he can't anymore because he did have the injury-riddled second half of last year, but the guy is a workhorse. I mean, he is he bulked up in the offseason. I think they talked about in the Maryland game that he gained 20 pounds or something like that. He gave, yeah, he gave 20, 20, 25, 20 pounds. Uh, but the guy is unreal. The jump cuts that this man makes is freakishly good. He can bust out to the outside, like Ethan had already said. But then also to have Donovan Edwards, who is a completely different player in that backfield as it relates to Blake Corm, this is what you need to be a scary offense in the Big Ten. You need playmakers, but different playmakers at different parts of the field. So, Having Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards should lined up as a wideout more often. I, I and I'm not joking when I say that. He is a freak athlete, and he's gigantic. And he might need he's, to. He he's a he's a redshirt freshman 
Did he redshirt last year? No, no he so didn't. He's a so he is a true sophomore. That man is gigantic. And I, I think it would suit them well. Michigan and Ohio State are the only two teams in the conversation for best receiving core in the Big Ten. Absolutely. And it is not close. Absolutely. And I, it's not close. And you might need to put Edwards into that wide receiver mix because I think Roman Wilson is in concussion protocol. Or I, I that was the rumor that Michigan keeps, you know, tight lip when it goes to injuries. Um so but I as good as Roman Wilson has been this year, I don't necessarily feel like that's detrimental because you have an Andrell Anthony, you have a Donovan Edwards that you can throw in there. You have a Ronnie Bell who you have barely used at all this season. And Ronnie Bell was arguably the best wide receiver last year before he got hurt in the Wisconsin game. So I'm excited that they were able to essentially control this entire game in a incredibly difficult spot to play in, in Iowa city. Um, And I, one thing I will say, too, and we talked about it last week, uh, the playbook will be opened up as the season progresses. And we're seeing J.J. McCarthy look like Cade McNamara, which is good because he's learning how to protect the ball, make the efficient play, not take huge risks. But there will be a time where this is he's just going to unleash his full potential and full talent, and that's going to come at the second half of the year. And hopefully it'll come at the last game of the year against Ohio State. We, we have to remember that he's a – He's a freshman when it comes to playing. He did not start a single game last True. season. And when he did come in, it was much more tailored towards run packages. He hardly threw the ball at all last season. So I, I think we might have been expecting a little bit too much out of him as far as his his development goes. I think you're going to start to see a progression of him learning how to play. I think I think he's going to be a okay. I could not agree more. And for him to go into Iowa against this Iowa defense that prides itself on turning quarterbacks over and not turn it over as a young quarterback, super impressive. And I I think of it this way: he had he had zero passes that were like like butt clenching. Like you know when you're watching your team. And your quarterback throws a ball and you're just like, oh, like you just kind of you, you tighten the cheeks a little bit. He didn't do that one time. He actually threw an incompletion on purpose or not. I shouldn't say on purpose, but to Ronnie Bell that he wanted him to sit down in the zone to avoid DeGene. And Ronnie wanted it in front of him. And J.J. made the better throw. And it was yeah. incomplete. But to, the like, in, to, to the outside. He threw the ball yeah. to the outside. And Ronnie was like. Why didn't you throw that into the end zone? Ronnie did not see that there was a safety sneaking up back behind him that would have intercepted that pass. And JJ made the smart read and threw that ball out of bounds. It was, he threw the correct route on that play and Ronnie Bell. And you could see afterwards, Ronnie Bell on the sidelines tapping him and saying, my bad. He was tapping his chest saying, my bad, my bad. Cause he ran the wrong route. And he, thing. the thing I was most impressed with was when JJ threw the ball away because against Iowa, it, it, it's funny because it's their mantra, but against Iowa, when you have the team that Michigan does punting is winning. If you're punting, 100%. you're winning. 100%. And last thing about Michigan, I think this defense has played better every single week. And I think what's been consistent is they've played better in the second half of every single game. 
which tells me that this defensive coordinator absolutely knows what he's doing and he's going in and making adjustments. The pass rush seems to be coming along. There are some guys emerging, slowly. Mike Morris, Iabioki. It's slowly. It's slowly. They're not going to be what, what no. Hutchinson was last year. But as a team, they are getting better. And I think there's only two teams you can say that about in the Big Ten, Ohio State and Michigan, that they have gotten better in every single game that they've played. And there's something to say for that. Any any closing thoughts from YouTube before we get into the picks? One thing, uh, I I think, what, Michigan had one sack the first half and then they had three in the second half, and that was on one drive. So I would love, I would love to see them get more pressure. They've they have pretty much consistently rushed for this entire season. I would like to see that maybe change a little bit as you get into some of these uh, games where you need to add some more uh, added QB pressures. You have not seen Michigan schematically on defense do what they are capable of doing, and I think that's on purpose. I will also say this. I still very much believe that Ohio State is the cream of the crop in the Big Ten and is the number one team. I currently believe that Ohio State is the best team in the country. From what I've seen from Alabama and from what I've seen from Georgia, especially the past two weeks, you put Ohio State in a neutral neutral stadium against either one of those teams right now, they ain't losing. No. uh, So I I think Ohio State is still the, the cream of the crop in this conference. Until somebody unseats Kansas. (laughs) Let's go, Jay. Rock chalk, baby. Remember the conference we're in, Corey. Remember the conference. Oh, this isn't the Big 12 podcast? Oh. No. Oh. Oh. Wow. I am. I. He walked He walked into the wrong studio this week. I'm just kidding. We don't have a studio. No one would believe that. All right. So the picks. Let's get into it. So we were all tied this last week. We all went three and four. Different combinations of games, but all ended up three and four. So the totals... Uh, we're all separated by the same amount of games. Ethan's at 31 wins. I'm at 27. Corey's at 26, and he's still under 500. Poor guy, Corey. You gotta, you got some catching Slow up to do. And steady. I ain't crying. I'm grinding. Whatever you say, buddy. Whatever you say. We've got for this week. We've got a Friday game. We get football. We get to watch on Friday. So we got Thursday night NFL. Friday I Big Ten. It. Saturday Sunday Monday. I Bro, love it. It's amazing. I love it. Wait, 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 wait. Never mind. The Friday game is Nebraska. I don't Rutgers. care. Sickos game. We love the Sickos game. I was really excited because I actually didn't know what the Friday game was. And I know you had that set up to just smash our hopes and dreams. I hate you for that. But it's a Sickos game. We love the Sickos game. The when sickos you say we out. love the Sickos games, you, it's just you. In your stupid self with your stupid sicko game. You know what? I don't I don't like your tone. I don't care, and I don't like you. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Uh, I love you but too. I have I have zero desire to watch that game. Oh, I'm watching the heck out of this game. Well, let me give you the spread. Nebraska, this is on the road at Rutgers. Nebraska is minus three right now. Um, neither of these teams is like easy to trust if it was at nebraska it would make this pick so much easier but it's at rutgers i'm just gonna believe that nebraska's more talented and they're on a high coming off this night game win 
I guess I'll take Nebraska. I mean, who you want to talk about having to be an absolute degenerate to bet this game? I, I, I mean, this just hurts my soul to have to do this. I, I cannot trust Nebraska on a, on the road. I just can't do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the stupidest thing ever. And take Rutgers and the points. Whoa. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'll take Rutgers and the points. I always find this really interesting. Nebraska is favored in this game, but according to ESPN's po- or football power index, they give Rutgers a 54.6% chance to win the game. Oh, no. Crap. Uh, so, like, it. this is the ultimate coin flip. Like, if if you have a gun to my head and you're like, you have to bet this game, it's like, I'm going to flip a coin and just leave it totally up to chance. Uh, man, I don't, I don't, I'm taking, I'll, I'll take the home team. I'll take Rutgers. Crap. I hate, I hate that I'm the only one who picked feel, Nebraska. That makes me feel so uncomfortable. I feel like that's, oh man. Actually, you know what? Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take, no, 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 no. I'm taking Rutgers. I'm taking Rutgers. I'm taking Rutgers. Thank you for all the suspense that led to you staying at the same decision. Wow. Wasn't that riveting, Alex? That's great podcasting. That's great audio if I've ever heard it. You know it. what? I'll make it sound great. You guys don't you guys don't even touch this thing. I'm the one who I'm the one who puts in the work on here. <laughs> Next game. Michigan is traveling to Indiana. Michigan is uh minus twenty-two. I think Michigan's getting better every week, and I still think Indiana – I mean, Indiana just lost to Nebraska, and Nebraska's a bottom three team in the conference, so I don't think it's outlandish at all for Michigan to win this game by at least 22. I'll take Michigan to cover. Indiana bad, Michigan good, Michigan covers. Indiana hasn't shown me anything to make it seem like it would be a safe bet for them to cover the spread. I don't care. If you are – If you are a betting human and you would like to win extra money on this game, I think if you're willing to take Michigan minus the 22, which is they're just they're just trying to get you to give that extra score, <clears throat> give it all the way out to 27 and a half. So just take an alternate line at minus 27 and a half and hope they win by four scores. Um but I'm going to take Michigan to cover this number. I think I think they get it done. I know it's a road game, but we just saw that JJ McCarthy can get it done on the road. Uh, and as as Corey so eloquently put it, Indiana bad. No home presence for Indiana either. So not even like a true road test. Next game, Purdue is traveling to Maryland. Maryland is only minus three in this one. I feel like Vegas is putting too much weight in Purdue's win over a Minnesota team without Mo Ibrahim. Maryland's at home, and we all know Purdue doesn't play defense. And I think Talia is going to sling it against Purdue's defense. I got Maryland covering minus three. I'm really betting against my heart. You've given me hope, spoiler makers but not enough hope for me to put money on you ever again because I'm never going to make that mistake until I see something otherwise. I think Maryland very easily wins this game by a touchdown, if not a little bit more. Um, But my heart wouldn't mind 
if the spoiler makers just had one more stop on this wild and crazy train. This actually shows me that Vegas does, for whatever reason, respect the game plan that Purdue put together this past week against Minnesota. But that's all it was to me is just was the spoiler maker game. Their coaching has been consistently horrible other than last week. I don't trust them to put it together in back-to-back weeks, especially not with back-to-back road games. Give me Maryland. I'll punt the points. Wisconsin's going to Northwestern. Wisconsin minus 10 in this one. I just think Northwestern's significantly worse than Wisconsin. I think that game against Penn State wouldn't have been nearly as close had it not been for the weather and some stupid turnovers. So I think Wisconsin playing for their defensive coordinator and their recently fired coach, uh, I think they cover. Uh, Northwestern couldn't move the ball off of five turnovers. Literally, they couldn't move it. So off right. of, there's why on earth would you want to bet on this team? I would. I don't even want to bet this game at all, let alone make a decision on this game. Wisconsin is the smarter choice to cover this spread. I think Graham Mertz has shown signs in the past of being somewhat of an offensive player, throwing, what, the five touchdowns in the COVID game against Illinois. Maybe that comes out. I don't know. But it ain't coming from Northwestern, that's for sure. I can't believe it's only at 10. If it was at 14, I would take Northwestern. I really am tempted to take Northwestern. I feel like Vegas is begging you to take Wisconsin here. <sighs> Come on. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Coward. Take Northwestern. Do it. Give me the Wildcats. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Did you both just take Northwestern? No, I took Wisconsin. Oh, Oh, okay. All right, me and Corey getting wins this week. Uh, I don't. I don't. No, I wasn't. I didn't take Wisconsin confidently. That, that you were not listening to me, sir. I never listened to you. Ohio you. State is going. Ohio State's going to East Lansing to the woodshed. Ohio State's minus twenty six and a half. I said this last week. I think Ohio State can choose their amount of points that they're going to score, and they're going to do it. And this might be the worst secondary they play all year. Give me Ohio State to cover. Isn't there something to be said, though, about this being Ohio State's first road game of the season, essentially? No. Not when the team is that bad. I 26 just – 27 just feels like a lot. Well, that's why it's 26 and a half. But they got to score 27 to cover, Alex. That's how this works. Who's your pick? Are you picking the Spartans? Earlier this year, you picked Western Michigan purely out of hate. Oh, but you hate both. I hate, teams, this is so. the this is the this is the worst case scenario for a Michigan fan. And if you had to choose one of these teams to win, you would pick Michigan State because out of your period, you don't want to see any success from from those Buckeyes at all. Uh, maybe this is how I make up ground. I'm not happy about it. Maybe Michigan State figures something out. I don't know. This is why I'm in last place. Give me Michigan State. We're getting into the nitty-gritty of the Big Ten season. Oh, Michigan State, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. You absolutely embarrassed 
you got embarrassed last year by Ohio State. They absolutely took an axe out on you. If you have any respect for yourselves, you'll find a way to keep this game close. I don't think you do. Give me OSU and I'll punt the points. Last game of the week, Iowa traveling to Champaign to play Illinois off a big win. Illinois minus three and a half in this game. I don't know if these numbers are from before Wisconsin or after, but Illinois defense, number one scoring defense. This is nationally. Number three total defense, number three rushing defense, and the nation's lowest opponent passer rating. They haven't played the world's best competition, but Spencer Petras ain't the world's best competition. Give me Illinois. I like whatever the odds are for Illinois to pitch a shutout in this game. It's worth it to put a little bit of money on it. Take $5 and put it on there for them to pitch a shutout against Illinois. I will punt the points. Give me the Illini. I think this might be another warning of a game that could be ending with like a 3-2 to two or a 3-0 score. I Iowa's defense is still good. I get it. Whatever. But... Three and a half. I, I'm not. I'm not betting Iowa. That's for sure. They can't. They can't do anything on offense. Still can't do anything on offense. And Illinois is coming off a big win, and they can finally see in their sights. Hey, we got a shot at this Big Ten West title if we can take care of business. Home game against Iowa. That's where you'd like to see them. I agree with you guys. Give me. Give me Illinois. Well, that's all we got. Again, thank you for listening. Go check us out on socials. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Big Show Pod. And we just debuted on Instagram the brand new flashy logo this week. The blackout logo with the icy gray and blue. We are looking fresh. Let's go again. It's spicy. We're looking good over here. So thanks for listening. Uh, Wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, follow, subscribe, leave a review. All that stuff is super helpful. We will talk to you next week. See you. We love you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.